Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands high to heaven. Come on, say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I open my ears, I open my heart to receive your Word. I thank you that as your word goes in, it will open my eyes to see. Help me to see the whole world differently, starting with myself. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Can I just say how much I love your campus pastors, Pastor Mike and Katie Yeager. How much I love coming here and seeing the young people down the front. Now, to be fair, all of our campuses have young people down the front. I don't know. I don't know if all of our campuses have young people so enthusiastically worshiping as down here at Eastlake. So that's just great leadership and a great culture here. So amen. And can we thank the worship team? Wow, Miguel, I'm loving that. Can we thank them? What a fabulous job they did tonight. Adrian's taking a break from the drums. He looks fantastic up there. Give someone a high five and just say, man, I hope the preaching's decent tonight. Amen. It's an honor to be back here with you beautiful people. And uh, I'm going to try to, I, I really want to pray tonight. I really feel, uh, so I've only got one, one tiny little page of notes, one tiny little page. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I feel under a, a bit of a heavy assignment, if I was honest with you. Uh, what I'm, what I'm going to share with you is so powerful. It is, uh, the, the truths I'm about to, to share, um, I don't think I've ever shared really in, in the 18 years of our church. Um, it's a very, very profound revelation, very, very mature. So I need you to kind of lean in with me a little bit. So first, first scripture we're going to read, we're going to read four, four different scriptures, and then I'm going to try and pull it all together for you. The first one I want you to read is, come with me to the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. Exodus chapter 12, uh, we're going to read from verse 22 to 23. And this is what it says. And it says, you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Stay under the blood. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. We wrote a song called Passover based on this, this passage of Scripture. But let me just read it again. When, when he sees the blood... When he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. 
the blood will be so powerful that the destroyer has to pass over if you're under the blood. Doesn't say if you're, if you're Jewish. Doesn't say if you went to the synagogue that day. Doesn't say if you helped the little old lady across the street. It doesn't say if, you're, if you were found meditating. You had to have the blood on the doorposts of your house. Somebody say amen. All right, come with me now. Let's go to Matthew. Gosh, it's all good, isn't it? Let's go to Matthew 26. Let's go to Matthew 26. We're going to read uh, verses 26 to 30. Matthew 26, 26 to 30 says, And as they were eating, as they were eating, we heard this tonight with beautiful Pastor Katie, as we were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. It would be a blessed body that ends up broken. Take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink from this, from it, all of you, for this is my blood. Everyone say blood. blood. Of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I won't drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So Jesus takes the communion cup and he says, hey, this, this cup represents the blood of the new covenant. Now we kind of read our Bibles and to us that's, that's normal because we're new covenant Christians, we're, we're the New Testament. But if you talk to a Jewish person, that is almost like anathema. That is hostile to them. That there's, no, there's only one covenant and it's the old covenant. It's the covenant of circumcision. It's the covenant of Moses. Moses brought the law, uh, the Torah. He brought the law of God. And they, they, they don't believe that there's a new covenant. They don't operate in the new covenant. But Jesus is saying, listen, I'm taking my blood. Drink this wine. This red wine represents something that's about to take place. I'm about to shed my blood to establish a new covenant. A new covenant between who? Between God and man. What was the first covenant? The first covenant was God gave mankind his law. We had to know what was right and what was wrong. So God condensed it down to 10 commandments and he gave Moses the 10 commandments and he says, now tell the people. And it's start with the Jews. It can go to all over the world. If everybody wants in, everyone can have in, but start with these people. Tell them, these are the 10 things that I expect. And if you will abide by these 10 things, then blessing, I'm going to bless you. You'll be blessed going in, blessed coming out, blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed will be the work of your hands. You'll, you'll never fail to bear fruit. You, you won't um, miscarry your offspring, blessing. But if you break these commandments, curses will come upon you. You don't want to go down that way. Choose life. It seemed pretty simple, but we couldn't do it. We couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. So Jesus had to come. So the first, the first co covenant was if you are able to perfectly keep the Ten Commandments, you'll walk in blessing. And if you've ever tried to keep the Ten Commandments, you will find that, oh my gosh, therefore I have to forego blessing because I cannot perfect myself. Somebody has to come from the outside and rescue me and atone for me because all the promises of God and all the goodness of God are exempt from my life because I break his commandments. I'm a violator of his laws. That's why when Jesus came, he was most ticked with the Pharisees and he called them whitewashed tombs because you make yourselves look 
all, like you're, you're holy on the outside as though, as though you can attain perfection. You make your prayers long, your phylacteries broad, you, you want the, the greetings in the marketplace and you act like you're all that in a bag of chips. He says, but I know on the inside, you're full of greed, you're full of adultery, you're full of extortion, you're full of corruption and you're, you're nothing like, you're just like full of dead men's bones. So he, he didn't like it. Jesus cursed the fig tree because Adam and Eve took fig leaves and tried to pretend they've got it all together. And Jesus is like, this is, this is not going to wash. So Jesus, are you all with me? He, he took the blood, the new covenant. All right. So now go one chapter further, chapter 27. Chapter 27, we're going to read from verse 46. 27, 46. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he cries out with a loud voice and he says, Eli, Eli, lama, lama sabachthani, which means to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put, put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. Then the rest said, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Yielded up his spirit. In other words, he died. Yielded up his spirit. The next verse, the next verse. If you're underlining anything, underline verse 51. Then, at that particular moment, he cried out with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit, died on the cross. The next verse. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection they went into the holy city and appeared to many so when the centurion and those who were with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that, that had happened, they feared greatly saying, truly this was the Son of God. Truly this was the Son of God. Today I want to talk to you on the fact that your freedom has been purchased. Your freedom has been purchased. Jesus, Jesus did not come to start a brand new religion. Jesus came to establish a brand new covenant. And the Bible teaches us, if you read your Bible, which we recommend, the, new, the Bible says that the new covenant, this New Testament is, is so much infinitely greater than the old covenant. The old covenant was based on your performance. It was based on, it was literally based on how good you can be. The new covenant is actually based on how good God is. And I've got good news, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. What I'm about to do, I have three, three points and they're, they're, they're very, very quick points. As we go there in a moment, my, my objective is to try to show you why at Awaken we preach just as much, if not more, out of the Old Testament than we do out of the New Testament. The reason we do that is because the new is in the old concealed and the old is in the new revealed. So the new, every, 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 it, there's only one God. There's only one God. It's not like there's, there's you know, Christianity and we're trying to force fit it with the Old Testament. The New Testament perfectly dovetails the Old Testament. Perfectly dovetails. Perfectly dovetails. So let me just put up point one. Point one is the new covenant. The new covenant. 
Uh, if I've got a picture I want to put up there and of the, the tabernacle. So in the old covenant, they, they, they were instructed by Moses at first to build a model of this that was a tent in the wilderness. It was a tent in the wilderness, but it was divided into three sections. It was divided into three sections. This is a snapshot. Are you still following? This was a snapshot of what God would do. So, so what we see here is we, we see a temple. You, you will see that there's, there's kind of places where you can walk and sit a, around the outside. That was open to what they call the Gentiles, the nations. Anybody could go there. But to go to, to, go to the, the court, uh, that was only for the, the Jews. From the court to go into the holy place, from the Jewish people, only the Levites could go into the holy place. And then you'll see that big box at the back there. That's where God's Shekinah glory dwelt. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence dwelt. And it was separated by a veil. It was separated by a veil. And once a year and once a year only from the tribe of Levi, the high priest alone was able to go in there on, the, on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, and put the blood of a perfect sacrifice on the altar so that God would forgive the sins of the people. This is a snapshot of, of God. Everything God does is micro macro. Everything God does is there's nothing bipolar or schizophrenic. Everything he does is consistent. So what God is saying, he's trying to say, hey guys, let me tell you my plan. My plan is of all the nations in the world, I'm going to choose one nation to be my people. From, from that nation to be my people, I'm going to choose a tribe. From that tribe, I'm going to choose one who will go through the veil, who will penetrate the veil. And this one will be the perfect innocent sacrifice to provide atonement. So we know that God chose the Jewish people. Of all the people in the world, he chose the Jewish people. The Jewish people, he chose the tribe of Judah. The Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah. And from the tribe of Judah, Jesus was the one who was selected. The Bible says that he's our high priest. And that he, the Bible says he went through the veil, not made with human hands, entered into there and put his own perfect blood on the the altar on the mercy seat in heaven. The Bible says that all of these things that were instructed for us to build here on earth or for Moses to build on the earth and Solomon, David was a snapshot or a picture of heaven. It was a picture of heaven. That this is an earthly expression of a heavenly reality. Right. Now that I've got that. Uh, one of my biggest regrets in life is that when I married my beautiful Liani, I was not a virgin. She was a virgin. She grew up in a Christian home. That was her father calling, just checking up on me that I was in church just a moment ago when Pastor Katie was on the phone. And she had to say, yes, he's in church. Is he behaving? You know, I thought Katie would at least say, yeah, but she would. Anyway, and so, uh, so Leanne grew up in a Christian home. So, so I've, I'm the only man she's ever been with. I'm the only man she's ever been with. Um, sadly for me, I didn't get saved till I was 18 and I grew up in a very broken area. And, you know, at high school, it was kind of like the cool thing to be promiscuous and have, have sex. So I'd had a few sexual liaisons with people before I got, got 
got married. I got saved at 18 and I kept myself from 18, but I still had all of this. The way that God designed sex is that it's meant to take place between a man and a woman who have waited their lives, who then come and stand at an altar and they exchange vows. They exchange vows before God and before men. Having never experienced sex, they say, I want you for the rest of my life. I want you for the rest of my life. And then they go away and then the, the consummation that night, the, the sexual act, the two become one. The Bible says that, that marriage is not a certificate. The Bible says that marriage isn't a contract. The Bible says that it's a covenant, that it's a covenant. It's a covenant because there's something that is, is in the human anatomy that is not found in any other species. So you will hear fools, educated fools, try to tell you that man evolved from ape, that man, through billions of years of evolution, came from the ape. You know, when you look at the primates, the earliest primates, we share 98% of the same DNA as the chimpanzee, as the, and that they will try and tell you that we came from the animal kingdom. They do this because they don't want you to live up. They don't want you to measure yourself up to God. The Bible says that God has made us a little lower than himself. And we're meant to live up to his commands, not live just above the behavior of animals. But because we teach, because we teach in schools that you're just an animal and you have instincts, and just as a dog gives into its instinct, you should not feel bad that you give in to its base teaching. The problem is, the problem is that evolution says that something had to exist in the first place and then it, it evolves because of natural selection. There is no other female, no ape, Gorilla, chimpanzee, orangutan, monkey, penguin. There's no, no other female in all of creation that has a hymen. A hymen is a layer of skin that is in the vagina and on the young lady giving her virginity for the first time, that skin is broken, that hymen is broken, blood is shed and a covenant is made. The, the, the chimpanzee doesn't have the orangutan. So, so maybe, maybe two apes mate and then they go off and they do it. God said it's not, it will not be like that amongst mankind. If the apes don't mate for life, if the donkeys don't mate for life, and most, most animals do, but if, if they don't, the reason they don't is because there's no covenant between them. But between man and woman, there's a covenant. Between, between man and woman. So just, just this is in God's perfect scenario in the scripture. A woman waits her, her life for the man that she has, of all the families in the world, she likes this 
family. She's met him and she's met the family. From the family, she has chosen him. There comes a night where he crosses through into the holy of holies. There is no more sacred, there's no more private part of her body than this. And he crosses into that place, one man alone only, who goes in and the veil is torn from top to bottom. Blood is shed and a covenant is forged. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross, he was making a covenant. This, this was messing with my head. And I'm like, God, I don't even know if I can preach it. And he said, exactly, because you've allowed the sexual perversion of the world to so damage your interpretation of what is so pure in Scripture. When Jesus hung on the cross and shed his blood, he was the one who went into the most holy of holies. And it's, it's no coincidence, all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all say that at the moment of Christ's death, the veil was torn into the hymen. And this one says, and they sung a hymn. Do you know where we get the word hymn? Hymen, H-Y-M. They sung a hymn strat because it's the most sacred God when Jesus died on the cross, God made a covenant with you that is he is married to you. He has brought you into, you are his, you are his beloved. That's why the Bible is full of words like the, the climax of the ages, the consummation. It's sexual language because God is trying to say the most powerful drive in, in you outside of the call of God is the sexual drive. And God is trying to say it's most intimate, most pure. That's why the devil is the great defiler. That's why he wants to promote perversion and pornography and uncleanness because he wants it to mess with you. But if you see what Jesus did on the cross, it is so potent, it is so powerful. <clears throat> So not only is, did Jesus establish a new covenant, let me just explain this. So when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible says that he, he, was, he was taking your sin and my sin upon himself. Beautiful Pastor Katie read that Jesus, God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So on the cross, we know that God made a covenant, but he didn't make a covenant with fallen man. God made a covenant with the only man, with the only man who kept his entire law. God made a covenant. God entered into a covenant greater than an agreement, greater than a contract with a covenant. A covenant lasts for life. A covenant lasts until the death of one of the two. Until the death. So it, when a husband and wife get married, they're in a covenant. If they have a sexual partner outside, it's called adultery. But if one of them dies, the Bible says the other person is now free. The covenant is annulled in death. God made a covenant with mankind between God and Jesus, who became a man, kept the law in its entirety. So when you read the Ten Commandments, the Bible says, if you can keep these Ten Commandments, then all these blessings shall come upon you. Sickness won't be able to stay in your body. You, barrenness and, and, and miscarriage won't be yours. You'll be blessed going in. You'll be blessed going out. You, you'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above, above only, not beneath. All of these blessings will come upon you. We couldn't keep them. So Jesus came and kept them. And then on the cross, Jesus does something so powerful 
powerful. He, he dies in our place, but he makes a covenant in our stead. He makes a covenant with God in our place. And, and the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The Bible says that all the promises of God are now what? Yes and amen in all the promises of God are now yes and amen. Why? Because we're in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus made a covenant with God on our behalf, having kept the entire law. God has now made a commitment to Jesus Christ because you kept the entire law. All the promises are released and flowing your way. That's why if you're born again and you are in Christ, the problem is most Christians, Hosea 4, 6 says, that my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge that most Christians don't realize. They put up with the devil and the devil's like, you're letting me steal from you? Oh, they don't know that, yeah, no, I'm meant to be stealing from you. you you're just not holy enough. You, you don't um, go to church enough. You, you go three times a week. Um, well, you don't serve enough. You, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't. It's got nothing to do with your being. Jesus Christ already did it. He was the perfect sacrifice on the cross. He was the perfect sacrifice. He kept the... If any man be in Christ, what are you tolerating? What are you putting up with? Second one is, not only do you have a new covenant, but you have a new covering. You have a new covering. When Leanne got married to me, I became her covering. I became her covering. When, 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 when she said yes... And she became my wife. She come under my covering. I'm now responsible for her. My job as a husband is to protect my bride and provide for my bride. She enjoys, under the covering, she enjoys my protection and my provision. When you become a Christian, you come under God's protection and under God's provision because God is now in a, in a covenant with you in Christ Jesus, and he has provided a covering. Not only that, the covering was established by blood, by the blood of Jesus. So you may say, yeah, but you know what, Pastor Jurgen? I know that I'm in Christ, but I still struggle with this, and I know that I'm in Christ, but I committed this sin. That's why the blood is so essential. The very first time we see blood shed in the Bible, the first time we see it, wasn't the first time it happened, but the first time we see it was when Cain murdered Abel. And God comes to Cain and says, hey, Cain, uh, where's your bro? Where's Abel? And he's like, what am I, my brother's keeper? How would I know? And he says, well, you're meant to be your brother's keeper, but what is this that I hear? Your brother's blood cries to me from the earth. The blood has a frequency in it that God hears. The more innocent the blood and the more brutally it is murdered, the higher the frequency. The higher the frequency. Because Jesus, so the, what the Jews don't understand, and even if you talk to Muslims, they, they don't understand Jesus. How could Jesus be your God? Look what happened to him. I mean, if he was God, like they beat him. 
They mocked him. They spat on him. They tore out his beard. He, he let the Roman soldiers like make, make sport of him. They put a crown of thorns in his head and they bowed down to him. That's your God. He, he, he's so weak. And then they nailed him to a cross and he died. On they, they, they don't understand. Jesus said, the son of man must suffer many things and be crucified. Why must he suffer? Because your sin and my sin would cancel us before God. So he had to suffer and he had to be crucified. So the frequency of his shed blood would be so loud that when God looks at Jurgen and God looks at my sin and God looks at my transgression and my faults, when my faults are trying to say, God, you can't accept me. God, you have to exclude me. The blood of Jesus has such a high frequency that just as Abel's blood called out for justice, Jesus's blood over me. If you're under the blood, the destroyer has to pass over because the frequency of the blood says justice is here. God doesn't look and say, do I need to bring justice? Do I need to execute justice? Justice is already here because the blood screams so loud. New covenant, new covering. And the last one is the cancellation. The cancellation. Have a look at this last scripture, Psalm 105, verse 37. Psalm 105, verse 37. This is, this is, about, the, this is about the Passover. When God, on the night the firstborn were dead, it says He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble amongst his tribes. So, the cancellation goes like this. When I married my Leanne, she had a few little debts. But when I married her, her debts became mine. When you entered into a covenant with God, when you came to Jesus Christ, I need you to understand, not just the debt of your sin, not just the debts that you inherit through, through generational curses, through generational sin. When you came in, canceled, because you came to a God who is the all-sufficient, you came to El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient one. God has no lack. That's why the Bible says that under just an ordinary lamb's blood, not only did the destroyer have to pass over, not only were they saved from Pharaoh, not only were they delivered from bondage and slavery, but the Bible says when he brought them out, they came out with prosperity. They came out with the silver and the gold of Egypt. And then you need to understand these were slaves. They were, they were, they were put to slave labor. There were, there were taskmasters whipping them. They had to work 16, 18 hour days. There were people who were 70, 80, 90, 100 years old who had been subject to slavery their whole life. Are you trying to tell me there wasn't one with a bad back, you know, lifting bricks and baking bricks. You're trying to tell me there wasn't one with bad knees or a bad elbow. You're trying to tell me there wasn't one with a crooked neck or a... The Bible says so powerful was the ordinary blood that He brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble. Not, not, are, are you, not one feeble amongst all the... Amongst 12 tribes there wasn't one feeble. That was under the old covenant. That was under just an ordinary land. Imagine how much more powerful under the blood, under the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ, God has canceled your debt. Salvation is in Christ. Deliverance is in Christ. Prosperity and blessing is in Christ. Healing is in Christ. And it's a picture. And I want, I want you to get that picture that they came out of Egypt with the silver and the gold. Now, most, most Christians will say, well, what would they need it for? There are no, there is no Walmarts out there in the wilderness. What are they going to do with the silver and gold in the desert? They're going to be walking through a wilderness for 40 years. They don't need it. They don't need it. Well, you don't see why they need it because you're like the guy that Mike was talking about. You only see it for yourself. When they got out into the wilderness, Moses received an offering to build a tabernacle. And they used the silver, the gold, the purple, the copper, the bronze, all the stuff that they came from, they used and they had plenty left over. Moses had to say, God brought them into prosperity to establish His covenants in the earth. I'm telling you, the gold isn't meant to go to George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, to fund Planned Parenthood, to fund transition surgeries, to destroy lives. It's not meant to go to Hollywood to create all kinds of perversion. It's meant to be in the hands of the righteous who promote right things, who promote healthy things, who promote whole, whole things. But, but most Christians don't understand what Jesus did on the cross. Most Christians don't understand what God did for you. He entered into a covenant with Jesus Christ. And because Jesus kept the entire law in its entirety, God says, because of that, every promise, every blessing is yes and amen. And when you choose Jesus, you step into Jesus. And that's why the Bible says all the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You'll find all the way, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, you keep reading through the Bible, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. In, Paul understood this and he's trying to teach it. Too often we don't understand it. Come on, I'm out of time. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet. If you're here tonight and your life's not right with Jesus, friend, the first thing you got to do is you got to get in Christ Jesus. How, how do I get you receive Him into your heart? You say, Jesus, thank you. You died on the cross. I'm sick of struggling against the curse. I'm sick of life. I seem to take one step forward and slip two back. No matter how hard I try, I can't seem to do what's right. Friend, Jesus did it all for you on the cross. Maybe you're here tonight and you once walked with God, but you slipped away. Friend, let me tell you something about religion. The reason we don't promote religion is religion will wear you out. It'll either kill you through exhaustion because you can never do enough to try to get close enough to God. Or you gotta fake it till you make it. And either way, you know, I just can't do this. Religion is a burden, religion is a snare. When Jesus died on the cross, He didn't die to create a new religion. He died to create a new covenant. He died to make a brand new agreement you need to understand your Heavenly Father initiated all of this. He wants you to be His children. In fact, He wants you to be so close to Him that everything that is His is yours. Jesus says, I will take from the Father and I will give it to you. 
He said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When you come into Christ, everything that's His flows to you. If you've got lack tonight, we're going to go after that. We're going to break that. If you've got sickness tonight, I want you to know Jesus Christ died so sickness is not allowed to remain in your body. You can take authority over tonight and say, you know what, sickness, out. Raus aus des Haus. Kick it out tonight. If there's bondage and torment, if there's addiction, if there's chains, I need you to understand Jesus broke every chain, snapped every cord. But if you're here tonight and your life's not right with God, you're away from God, far from God, need to connect with God, need to surrender to God, would you give me a wave of your hand and I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you tonight. Thank you, sir. Who else is there? Thank you up the back. I see that hand. Thank you on the side. I see that hand. Thank you, beautiful girl. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Quickly. Quickly. I'm out of time, but I need to pray. I just feel like there's somebody else. Who is that one? Who is that one? God's tugging on your heart. Thank you, beautiful lady. I see your hand. Now, there's still someone else. I can feel it. God's tugging on you. Who is that one? Who is that one? little battle going on inside. Thank you, beautiful girl. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Is there one more? Is there one more? Thank you, darling. Up the back, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Quickly. Anybody else? All right, we're going to do two things. You can feel, I can already feel the anointing here with the band. So we're going to, we're going to go after some stuff. How many people know the devil's a thief? Anybody? How many people know that? Jesus introduced the devil as a thief. If I, if I happen to drive around to Mike and Katie's place and I see Mike wearing a ski mask and black gloves and I see him open his window, look around, I see him push his TV out the window and then I see him dive out the window and pick up his TV and walk away, I could call the cops. The cops could arrest him because he looks pretty but they'd have to let him go because you can't steal your TV. You can't steal what belongs to you. You, you. you can only steal something if it doesn't belong to you, if it belongs to somebody else. The devil is a thief. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. You've allowed the devil to steal your joy, to steal your health, to steal your finances, to steal your prosperity. Tonight, we're gonna to say, you know what, devil? I understand, I'm in a covenant with Almighty God. I, I'm in a new covenant, I have a new covering, and there's been a cancellation. We're gonna cancel debts tonight. But the first thing I wanna want do is those of you that raised your hand just a minute ago, would you let me pray for you? I'm gonna jump down off this platform. I'm gonna shake your hand. I wanna pray for you. I wanna make it powerful and personal. If, you, if you're with someone that raised their hand, would you offer to walk with them? If you're around someone that raised their hand, walk with them. If you brought someone that should have raised their hand, would you walk with them? But come on, let's put our hands together as these people come. Redeem and restore, creating your image just like you. Because you said, I am, I am forgiven and I'm chosen, redeemed. Chosen, redeemed, and restored, made in your image, 
give these beautiful people a great round of applause. How often have we had an altar call, Pastor Mike, and it's the best looking people in the building respond? It's a miracle. Amen. I want you to do this. I want you just to close your eyes. We're going to open our hearts. And can we all pray this prayer with these beautiful people? Say these words out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight that you so love me. You sent your only son, Jesus, to go on a rescue mission to save my life. Jesus, thank you. When you died on that cross, you broke the power of the devil. You freed me from all my sin, and you brought me close to God. Tonight, I am a child of God. I'm in covenant with God. Everything that He has flows towards my life. I am forgiven. I am delivered. I am set free. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.